What is going on, everybody? It's been a couple weeks, but you know what time it is. It is the Final Whistle Sports Podcast with yours truly. I am your host, Blaine Spencer. I know you guys have probably been caught up in all the March Madness, and it has not disappointed whatsoever, but we're going to talk NFL and NBA today. I have Goat Talk host Marcus here with me. Marcus, how are we doing? Appreciate you taking some time to come on to the Final Whistle. Ah, thanks for having me. Um, big fan of yours, first of all. Um, Appreciate it. Appreciate I, it. Yeah, follow you. Um, I'm familiar. So when you texted me and said, "Can you come on the show?" I was like, "Of course I can come on the show." Um, so yeah, it's 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 nice to be here. Uh, ready to talk some football and some basketball. Um, yeah, let's get right to it. All right, then let's dive right in. I think there's been a lot of major news of late. And Marcus, I know we kind of sent in some script stuff, but we're going to go a little bit off script because there was some major news that took place a couple of days ago with Tyreek yeah. Hill being traded to Miami. And now he will be yeah. the top wide receiver in the NFL money wise, getting 30 million a year. And that just yeah. comes right after Devontae Adams was traded last week to Vegas. And I know you're a huge, you follow Green Bay to a T. That yeah. size says it all already with a yeah. little bit of a disappointment. Just yeah. g- give me your initial analysis on both moves that have taken place in the last two weeks to b- pretty much break the wide receiver market. Well, first, I, 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 I this is going to sound crazy as a Packers fan. I'm not all, I'm not all that upset about Devonte Adams leaving? Oh, don't lie to yourself. No, 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 I'm not. We're, I'm not. We're on a show I'm right not. now. You don't have to. I'm not. So, so, so this is what happened. I'll tell you how it happened. Devonte Adams left. I was like, I knew he was going to leave because I think that the the day that Aaron Rodgers signed his extension, there was a report that came out that said that Devonte Adams, he might have said it half Harley. What I'm not exactly sure, but there was a report that came out that said Devonte Adams wasn't 100 pleased with Aaron Rodgers and the contract that he signed because it would have made it tougher for him to get his extension. Makes perfect sense. So I knew that he was going to be out the door. I had already come to terms with it. I was just waiting to see where he would go. And also we kind of had this thing of like, would he or won't he along with Aaron Rodgers as well. So I had already kind of mentally prepared myself for a possibility of life without Devontae Adams. I was fine with it though, because we had Adam Lazard, we had Robert Tunyon, we had, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scanley, like the wide receiver core behind uh, Devontae Adams this season, well, outside of Tunyon, because he went down with his ACL, but Lazard and MVS had really stepped up in such a way that I felt like, okay, well, this won't be the end of the world if we don't have Devontae Adams, because Alan Lazard had proven to be a, re- a reliable number two, and MVS was a really good late-game deep ball threat, and really just throughout the course of the game, deep ball threat. The issue that I have is that Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantley are no longer in Green Bay. That's where it gets tough because now you just have Alan Lazard. You have Randall Cobb, and he's older and probably not going to be as productive as he once was, but that connection's still there, and Rodgers still trusts him in big game moments. So I'm sure that that'll still, um, you know, that'll still show up in games. And then also we have Robert Tunyon, and he, he's been our best red zone threat since he's, been in, since he's been on the team, at least since 2020. But now it's just like we're really – like after those three guys – it's really kind of hard to pinpoint who that next wide receiver is or who that next pack. I mean, we've got AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, and they'll probably be getting some attention in, in the passing game out, out of the backfield. But like, as far as wide, like our wide receiver room is really thin. So it, it that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm kind of nervous because Devontae Adams has missed in the last two, in the last two seasons when it's like seven or eight games, we've won all of them. So as great as Devontae Adams is, and I think he's the best receiver in football, we, we've done well without him. So this wasn't like one of those things where say you're looking at, I don't know, you're looking at a team like, I don't want to throw shade here, but you're looking at a team like maybe the Minnesota, like the, the, like the Vikings or, <laughs> or, or, or the Cowboys or like some of these other teams who really only have, or, or like Washington, Washington is not good, but like Washington who like, it's like that one guy and then there's everybody else. You had, you and had, it's kind of tough. Had, you had to throw shade at my team though. I was perfectly content with you throwing shade. But you I was have to thinking, go to, you had to go my team. I, I was I see, thinking, yeah, I it's, it's tough. I see where we're going tough. with this show. This is not going to end well for you or me, It's obviously. tough. It's tough. No, so so I was like, it's okay. And then Mar- the Marquez Valdez-Scantling leaving to go to Kansas City, I think is bigger for me than Devontae because now we're really stuck at, like, 
it's nice to have the best wide receiver in football. And I'm not saying that it would have been great without him, but we would have been okay with him. Like it wouldn't have been panic mode because we've won games without him. We'll be, you know, obviously not going to win every single game without him, but we, we, we've done so, so far. So like the precedent is there where we would be okay. Losing MVS also though makes it a little bit tough. As far as Tyreek Hill, I've been saying this about Tyreek Hill for as long as I can remember before I even had a podcast and I get a lot of heat for it. Do I care? Not really. Um, Does it affect how you sleep at night? No, it doesn't. I sleep like a baby for the like the one to two hours I get to sleep every night. <laughs> I, I think Tyreek Hill is talented. I think he is not even I think he is the fastest, if I'm not mistaken, the fastest receiver in football. One of the best deep ball threats as far as just being able to get to the second and third level very quickly in the blink of an eye. Here's my issue, though, and it's twofold. Number one. Not only does Tua have an injury problem, Tua has an accuracy problem. Like, and it, it looks good on paper that they have Tyreek Hill because it's nice to have that Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle like duo. You know, it's it's always nice to have a one-two punch at the wide receiver position, right? We we've seen it all the times. A lot of teams have been successful having it. We just saw the the, the Cincinnati Bengals. They had a nice one-two punch there with T. Higgins and and, and Jamar Chase. Like 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 we see these one-two punches around the league, but. I don't know if two is the quarterback that can meet the needs of Tyreek Hill. Like we're going from Pat Mahomes, who is probably one of, if not the best deep ball thrower in the NFL right now to Tua. Who's not like not even in the same stratosphere as far as throwing the deep. Like when you think about deep ball quarterbacks, instantly you think Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Pat Mahomes. Two is not on that level. And I wouldn't, I, I would dare say two is not on the level below them, which is where you look at your Josh Allen's and your Justin Herbert's like, He's not on that level as far as deep ball throwing. So I, I I don't know how much of a benefit that would be outside of a lot of instances like we saw in Kansas City where Tyreek Hill on a on a on a play that's kind of broken down just goes straight to the back of the defense and is like, I'm back here. And as Mahomes said of the presser and as all the memes say, F it. Tyreek's down there somewhere. And then maybe Tua just he's one. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't think there being I think there's gonna be a drop off in, in production. But I say all the time, Tyreek Hill was never, in my eyes, the one, no, number one wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis like, even though Kelsey. he's a tight end, that was always Travis Kelsey. Like, Travis Kelsey, like, Tyreek had big games and had bigger games than Kelsey. But as far as consistency and, like, if you're an opposing defense, you're more concerned about what Travis Kelsey can do to you than what Tyreek Hill can do to you. Because Tyreek, Travis Kelsey is just going to be like this. Like, every single play from, from beginning to end. Tyreek Hill is going to get a couple here and there, but they're going to be big. And so on the stat sheet, it looks great. But over the course of the game, you're really just concerned about those three to four, maybe five to seven instances when you lose Tyreek in the back. Could that hurt you? Of course, because nine times out of 10, it's going to be for a touchdown. But I'd much rather give up the one beater play that could crush me than the consistent 5, 10, 15s to Travis Kelsey moving the ball up and down the field, setting an attrition for your defense. So that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, it's definitely improvement for the Dolphins in a division that outside of the Bills is just like wide open, so to speak. But then again, we look at the landscape of the AFC. The AFC has done so much in the last two to three weeks that really that one move pales in comparison to Russ going to Denver pales in comparison to Deshaun going to Cleveland, even though he'll be suspended for however many games he's Matt Ryan going to Indy. Like it doesn't because you win games with your quarterback and it doesn't matter who the receivers are. If your quarterback's not talented, you're not going anywhere. Just look at the Cleveland Browns. Oh, this, the second OBJ left Cleveland and went to a competent court, a, a, a team with a competent quarterback. He won a Super Bowl. Like, like, so that's just like, this is a quarterback's league. So as, as much as I'm happy for Tyreek that he got his money and he's in South beach. And we all know that people love going to South beach. Two is not the guy that can that that best fits with Tyreek Hill's talent, and I think that's where the issue lies. That, that that's where I'm interested in seeing exactly how it's going to work out. <clears throat> I I think everything that you've said so far has been pretty accurate in how I feel as well. And I do want to piggyback on a couple things that you've said, especially with you pretty much mentally preparing for Devonte to leave. I felt like as soon as the, as soon as they placed the tag on him, you kind of figured that he was like, you probably have about like two to three weeks to kind of yeah. get it done. But then with yeah. Aaron's contract coming out, because they the franchise tag was never going to be, he was never going to play under the tag. I think of we all not. kind of figured it out. It was only, it was long-term or nothing with him. And then everyone knew, we kind of all knew where the, where he has wanted to go for the past, like, five 
to eight years that he's been playing, he's always said that I want to go back and play with my best friend, Derek Carr from college. Yeah. That was always the attrition and the mindset that he has had. And he's never shied away from those comments. He's always like, yeah, I'm going to eventually go play with him. And he's in the prime of his career. Why not? Vegas threw the kitchen sink to get him. And then threw the kitchen sink of money at him to to pay him. 28, I think it was, what, 28 and a half, I believe, something around there a year, roughly. And I think what Vegas was forced to do this, though, with the AFC West now, with the Russ move, with everything that's taken place in this division. And I felt like Kansas City saw what was happening and it almost, yeah. almost led to what they did trading Tyreek away is like, we can't afford all, we can't afford you with yeah. what you're asking. This is going to be a yeah. business decision. And Miami's like, well, we all come on. The jets were in the running, but they were not in the running. Let's be honest. No, no one no, wants no, to, no, no. it was going no to be, wants it was to go to the New no, York jets. No one wants to go to the giants or the jets in general. Those two are in shambles. <laughs> So we kind of all figured once they said it was the Jets or the Dolphins that it was going to be the Dolphins because where, yeah. where else are you going to do South Beach, everything in that. And I agree with, with, with what you're saying about Tua. Yeah. He has struggled and there is no consistency in his game. He has – and they're not even making him a game – they haven't even made him a game manager. They're like, you do the bare minimum because our defense yeah. is elite. Yeah. Get, get me 150 yards – of passing and we'll probably win the game like that's they are setting their expectations so low so yeah, i think you're gonna see you're gonna see in miami a couple things tons of wide receiver screens just because 100%. you're just gonna 100%. be like they're just gonna be like all right if they're giving us five yards let jalen we'll or tyreek just you make a guy miss they're going for 30 easily yeah. they're gonna do a lot of that make sure that he's not making the mistakes and just get the ball into the playmaker's hands. You won't see them stretch the field, which is Tyreek's game plan, which is why mm-hmm. I think his he's going to be hindered a lot because the arm strength of Tua was always one of the question marks yep. of him coming out of school. Accuracy wasn't the question mark, but now that's become an issue in the NFL. As far as he's not, he hasn't been the best. He hasn't been the best as far as deep ball accuracy, which is what Tyreek strives on. Like you have to. Tua, Tua has consistently been the guy that throws his receivers open. You can't do that with Tyreek. Like, the ball's got to be in the air because wherever you throw it, he has the speed to catch up to it, whether you underthrow him or overthrow him, which I don't see many instances where Tua's going to overthrow Tyreek Hill. <laughs> there aren't many times when Pat Mahomes has overthrown Tyreek Hill. And even then you're kind of like, whoa. It, it, it's really just going to be about making sure that he puts the ball in the right spot because Tyreek's not a big guy, which means – because of that, a lot of these 50-50 balls that we would say to bigger wide receivers are more like 70-30 balls, I would call them. Because nine times out of ten, the bigger guy is going to get it. So you like you have to have pinpoint accuracy with this football if you're going to go deep to Tyreek Hill the way we saw Pat Mahomes do it. Two is not going to be able to do that. So it's really going to be, I think, a lot of what we saw in Cincinnati in the back half of their season in the playoffs where like they're, 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 they're bracketing Jamar Chase the way they did. They're going to do that with Tyreek because I think they're going to do a lot of in- instances where – He's going to be catching the ball at the line of scrimmage or five to seven yards from the line of scrimmage. And then, like, you're fast. Let's outrun all these linebackers and then get as many yards as you can after the catch. Like, a lot of Tyreek's yards this season are going to be yards after the catch, whereas a lot of his yards in Kansas City were just, like, he caught the ball after Pat heaved it 60 yards down the field, and then he ran the last 20 or 30 or so. He had those instances where he'd take a five-yarder and go the way. But he's going to do a lot more of taking fives and turning them into 85s than he is taking 80s and turning them into touchdowns just because the arm talent's just not there. The one thing I will say, though, is, and maybe this is the one good thing about all of this, is the new head coach of Miami comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. And we all know that they like to cut the field in half and they're run first and, 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 and they, they thrive off the RPO and all that stuff that maybe helps them a little bit because he spent this past season really turning Debo Samuel into one of the better dual threat wide receivers in the, not even one of, probably the best dual threat wide receiver in the NFL as far as being able to run the ball and also pass the ball. I think Tyreek Hill is probably going to be put in that role. Well, yeah, there's going to be some instances when you're going to be passing, I mean, or or receiving, obviously, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tyreek Hill lined up in the backfield on some shovel passes or some jet sweeps or, or inside zones and things like that. The way we saw that Debo Samuel was lined up through much of 
this season in San Francisco after Raheem Mostert went down. And the other good thing too is Raheem Mostert's also in in Miami. And so, Chase Edmonds. Like, Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Is so also the running game is too. the running game is there. So I like what they're doing in Miami. They have the talent. It's just now because the big thing for Miami fans is always uh, we don't have the weapons. Okay. Well, you have Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Chase Edmonds, Mostert. Raheem Mostert. And one of the Gisicki. best defenses in the NFL. And you have Mike Gasecki, who I think is the fourth best tight end in the NFL. Like the talent's there. Yeah. And you have, regardless of how he got the job, you have what who appears to be a decent offensive mind that comes from a very, very, very fluid coaching tree. Like who would have thought that the Washington football team had on their coaching staff Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, <laughs> and Kyle Shanahan, and that would turn out to be one of the greatest coaching staffs of all time as far as what they've been able to do once they've dispersed. And we went with Jay Gruden and we went with Jay Gruden. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't the best. (laughs) That wasn't the best choice. And we let them all walk. All of them walk. Just they all walked away and they've all been, well, not Matt, unfortunately, but Sean's been to two Super Bowls, one, one. Kyle's been to two Super Bowls, one as a head coach, one as an OC. Like he's got, Wow. Yeah, I know. That's and now the show is taken into a depressing turn of what I was hoping to avoid today. But <laughs> I'm gonna give you a hot take though. Teddy okay. Bridgewater is gonna be starting the Dolphins midweek in the middle of the year. Because I don't think honestly handle that's it. not a hot take because I think the same thing too. Because say what you want about Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is more reliable than two a tongue. And you know that's a what you're going to sure. get. A hundred percent. And I think the other thing too for Teddy, and this is why I love this is why I love Teddy so much. Because I think Teddy's great. Um Teddy is the epitome of like consistency, but it's double edged. Because if he's on, he's on. Like we've seen games where you look at Teddy Bridgewater and you're like, wow, like that's like that, wow. You're like, like Teddy two gloves. Geez. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Like I'm when saying. you, when you, when, when, when Drew Brees went down with that injury and yep. uh, when, when Teddy Bridgewater was in, was in New Orleans and we're like, Oh my God, like the season's going to fall apart and they're going to Teddy Bridgewater, if not mistaken, they won all of those games while Drew Brees out, if not lost, maybe one or two. Like when Teddy Bridgewater is on, he's on. Unfortunately though, for Teddy as well, if he's off, he's he off. off. And that's the, that's the, that's the catch 22 with Teddy Bridgewater that he's so consistent that he's consistently good, but he can also be consistently bad. I think the beautiful thing though, with this is we have that similar dynamic to what we saw with Tua and Fitzpatrick. I would love to see them try to do that with how they, I think it would work much better because a a lot of, because you know, Bridgewater won't cost you the game at the end. Like how with Fitzmagic, you know, he, there's a very good Mm -hmm. chance he will lose you the game as much as winning it. You know, yeah. he, you know, Teddy won't lose you it, and but he will give you that opportunity to win the game to, instead. Yeah. And the other thing, too, with Fitz is I love Fitz. I think Fitz is great. He's just a great person to watch. Like, I enjoy watching. Like, I've he is met a show. I met him. He is I'd awesome. love to meet Fitz. I believe it. I saw a clip at the Kansas City game in the, play, uh, in the playoffs. He showed up to Kansas City with no shirt on. During the playoff oh, yeah. game, to support the Bills. Yeah, he like he's care. he 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 he's great. I think the one thing that I would give the edge for Teddy over Fitz is, I think Fitz Fitzpatrick, as solid as I think he is, a lot of his stuff is just magic, <laughs> which is why got, like a lot of it is really just we need something when crazy. You know, like he, when you know your head's going yeah. this way, <laughs> he has the. I think Fitzpatrick has the best late game luck in the league. Like, oh, for yeah. some reason, when you really need it, the chips just fall he beautifully. Just, he just sprinkles it just happens. Su- yeah. something in the water, whatever Like, he's there's no there. reason you should be able to complete a pass 50 yards down the field and your head's facing that way. But he just makes it work. The thing with Teddy is, while Teddy doesn't have that magic, Teddy T- Teddy's a game manager. Like, Teddy can manage the game a lot better, so you're not in those situations where you need those magical moments. I think the thing for Fitz Magic is, Fitz really only thrived in those magical moments because that's where he got his name. That's where he got a lot of his living was. Could he do it in like quarters one through three? Of course. But on fourth and 35, when your back's against the wall and you're backed up on the shadow of your own goal line and you just really need to play for some reason, Fitzpatrick's your guy. But Teddy Bridgewater can give you those third and shorts. He can give you those second and mediums like he can do all those other things. So you're not in those fourth and 35 situations and in those fourth and 35 situations I wouldn't want Teddy Bridgewater to be my quarterback but 
there won't there aren't a lot of fourth and 35 situations with Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback. And so because of that, it's okay. Yeah, 100% agree. I really want to see how Miami's going to really work on this dynamic. Because I yeah. think if you're McDaniel, like, you know, like, this is like, even though there was a lot of question marks with him getting the job, even though he's in the, mm-hmm. that tree, how much of a leash are you really going to give Tua with all of the offensive weapons? Because I, I think it's going to be extremely short. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Tua, Tua, Tua doesn't have a long leash. He doesn't. I oh, think no. his leash has gotten progressively shorter since he's been in the NFL. And and, and, and I now with Flores, all this talent. Because yeah. Flores gave him that leash at, and was like, dude, mm-hmm. last year, like he he gave you all the opportunity in the world with letting Fitzmagic walk, all that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, they did end up turning it around, but that wasn't, it was not because of him. You know what I mean? It was not because of Tua. Of course not. Not at all. It was, it's like, you know, it's exactly how it works in like with Cleveland. You're not, you can win with him, but you're not going to win the game because of him. And what the issue with Baker was in Cleveland, you know, you're going to win with him because of all the pieces around him, but you ain't going to win the game on when you need him to make a play. Yeah. Of course not. But like, yeah, we knew that though. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, like we knew that. So that, that, that's nothing new. I, I'm the AFC is going to be great football. Like all of the games I think are going to be really great football. Yeah. Speaking of which let's move on to the other quarterback news that really, again, snaps mm-hmm. my heart because we ended up trading more for Carson Wentz than when we could have just waited for Matt Ryan, who I really wanted in the first place, but I said Matt, Matt Ryan should have been in Washington two years ago. Yeah, I think I was about a year. When they, I was about they, a year it, ago. Last when they year. traded, when they traded Julio to the Titans, the day okay. I don't know if I, I don't know if I had a sh- I don't know if I had my show when they did that. I don't think I did. Whenever they, whenever they, I probably he was all, they, that's that was when they were when my, they, they said they were throwing it in. Yeah, my, my concept of time is so whack because of all this COVID stuff. But and also just because <laughs> I have a bad memory. But the point is, when they when 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 the Atlanta Falcons traded Julio Jones, I think I had a show and I got on this show or someone else's show and I said, Matt Ryan needs to be traded from the Atlanta Falcons, and the Washington Football Team need to be the team to get them. Like Matt Ryan's not a bad quarterback. I I don't I don't no, have all the stats not. pulled up on me. Like I think what happens is we forget his team sucks. Some, yeah. they have sometimes score, we forget. They, Atlanta has to score situation matters game to win. They have to situations score matter. I say that win. I say I've said all the time, and Justin hates that I say this, and some other people do as well because they think it's excuses. It's not. Situations matter. Like Correct. they do. Like it doesn't matter how great of a quarterback you are. And I use Matt Stafford as a perfect example because he's in that same bucket. Matt Stafford is a talented quarterback. But for yes. 13 years, he was the quarterback for the worst football team in the NFL. And it didn't help that during that time he had to deal with the Bears, who kind of had a, a good thing going for them in the in the in the in the early tens or so. They were in the NFC championship game in 2011. Like, like and they, if I'm not mistaken, they went to or won a Super Bowl in they the went in to the, they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like like that was a talented football team. Then, of course, there's Aaron Rodgers. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> that, that like you and not to mention this and, and the big thing with Matt Savage is okay he got Calvin Johnson yeah so like Tom Brady's the and greatest quarterback the of all time and he had the he worst did. offensive line in football and that's of why course. he was always off the field because Tom Brady he had a second and a half mm-hmm. to throw the ball otherwise he was getting sacked Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time there's no denying that but a lot of those Super Bowls that he won and a lot of those great seasons that he had had a lot more to do with the fact that he had a very good defense on the other side of the field than it did just his own ability. Like, Tom's great. I'm not trying to take anything away from Tom, but, like, situations matter. Like, you take Matt Stafford out of a dumpster franchise, you put him on a good football team with a great head coach, with a great defense, and a lot of weapons around him, what do you get? A Super Bowl. You take Matt Ryan, you put him with a lot of weapons and a decent defense, what do you get? A trip to the Super Bowl, which is what they got in 2016. Now, they would have won the Super Bowl if it wasn't for the greatest meltdown in the history of football. But Matt Ryan's not a bad quarterback. Matt Ryan is better than most quarterbacks. All they had to do was hand the ball off. I, I, do I like the Carson Wentz signing? Considering what's left, yes. Do I think that Jimmy G or Matt Ryan would have been better, would have been a better fit? Yeah, because 
are they more talented than, than, than Carson? No. But Carson Wentz is not a people person. Carson Wentz is not a galvanizer of men. And this is a young football team. You need a guy that's well-liked, that can be a locker room leader, that has a veteran presence. Say what you want about Jimmy G. Jimmy G's a winner, number one, because the San Francisco 49ers don't win games when Jimmy G isn't the quarterback. They haven't. Like, oh, yeah. the, the, the record, the, the amount of wins you have with Jimmy G and without it in San Francisco is almost like triple or maybe quadruple, if I'm not mistaken. And, and it doesn't get talked about a lot. He was the backup quarterback for Tom Brady. Like, whether Tom wanted Jimmy there or, or not, you learn, learn you yeah. learn from Tom Brady. You learn from having not only the greatest quarterback in your quarterback room, but also you learn from being coached by one of, if not the greatest coach in the history of the sport and, and Bill Belichick. Like, that all matters. And so while, yeah, he's not the most accurate when it really, really matters, and yeah, you, you there's always a chance that he's going to Jimmy G it. If I, if right now the goal for the Washington football team, well, Commanders, terrible name. If right now the goal for Washington is to make it to the playoffs, which is what it is, because this isn't a Super Bowl threat at all. If right now the goal is to make the playoffs in a, not only a wide open NFC, but really a, a year to year wide open NFC East, Carson Wentz not your guy. Carson Wentz isn't the guy that you go to because while we know what Carson Wentz can do, when was the last time we saw Carson Wentz be that MVP that he was before he went down with that gruesome injury and ended up that, that year the Eagles went, went Super Bowl? We haven't. Like Carson Wentz had a good season last season, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But he's not a galvanizer of men. He's not a and leader. He's not a he voice in the locker room. He had 10 of them that were dropped. And least. 10 of those interceptions were dropped. So Matt Ryan's old, yeah. But know the thing about Matt Ryan that people love? He still has he's a couple more years. The leader. Easy left. You can easily get three to four, maybe even five more years out of Matt Ryan. He's consistent. He doesn't really get hurt. And let's not forget. And he's, he's a almost, warrior when he is hurt. He's a warrior when he is hurt. And let's not mention Matt Ryan's virtually a shoe in for 4,000 yards, at least 20 touchdowns and somewhere between 12 to 14 picks a season. I take that over. Carson and you Wentz. know, he's not going to do all of the risks that Carson 100%. was taking. He's last a smart year. quarterback and he's not going to get in the way of what the team's trying to do. Number one. And what's also most important. Let's look, let's look at the quarterbacks in the NFC East, shall we? Got Dak Prescott, who I think is obviously bar none when healthy, the best quarterback in the NFC East. I don't think there's really a discussion about that. Then you have Jalen Hurts, who it's going to be his second season. We don't really know what we're going to get from Jalen Hurts, but I expect Jalen Hurts to take that next step. You got Daniel Jones, who, who, who quite frankly sucks. By default, because <laughs> he sucks, Carson Wentz is better than Daniel Jones. But am I convinced fully? But when Carson, Carson Wentz is Wentz, bad, that he's not going to be full. <laughs> right, that's the thing. Like you have to, you have to look at it from both ends of the spectrum. Carson Wentz is great, and when he's great, he's great, and he can be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. We haven't seen him get that in a very long time. We've seen him be and really, when, really bad. And when he's bad, his bad is he's rock terrible. bottom bad. His he bad is. is rock bottom. Like you can't win football games when Carson Wentz is bad. And most importantly, this team specifically can't win football games when Carson Wentz is bad because there's not a lot of talent around him. I love Terry McLaurin. I love Antonio Gibson. That's great. You just lost Brandon Sheriff. So the offensive line is going to take a step back. As great as the defense was, here's something that people don't know. The defense actually played a lot better last season when Chase Young, after Chase Young got hurt, than they did when Chase Young was there. That doesn't mean that yep. Chase Young is bad, but there's chemistry issues on that defense. There's still talent there on the defense, though. But, uh, so you need a guy who can manage a game and can win you a football game. Matt Ryan can still win you football games. He Like, he's old and he's not flashy, but he can still win you football games. He's one of the best game managers of this generation, one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks of this generation. I love Matt Ryan going to the Colts. I think it's great. I'm not going to be as hasty as some of the other people that we know and say the Colts are Super Bowl contenders because while they're eschewing for the playoffs be virtue of the terrible division that they play in, I think there's a lot more that goes into being a Super Bowl contender outside of just what you have on your roster. Like a lot of it has to do with what they look like and also what's going on around you. But all that aside, Matt Ryan to the Colts is great, great defense, best offensive line in football under waiver out of receiver room because they've got Pascal and Pittman Jr. and, and all those guys. And, and also are, not to mention Jonathan that Taylor. Receiver room. People hate that wide receiver them. room is great. I love that wide receiver room. That wide receiver room on we fantasy football and game you, last season. I had Michael Pittman. I had Michael Pittman won me my league against Jacksonville. Michael Pittman that garbage time touchdown. Yeah, I really appreciate Michael, him. Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal are great. We can't forget that Jonathan Taylor, although he's and primarily a bell cow back. What are you going to get? T.Y. You know was also hurt. You get T.Y. I thought, and I got a lot of heat for this, but I don't care. I think when healthy, T.Y. Hilton's a top 
15, top 12 wide receiver in the NFL. Agreed. He's talented. Like the, like the talent is when there. He is, Can, when like, he is yeah. on, he is on. But he is yeah. an injury-prone receiver. Injury-prone. Which... When, when Andrew Luck was there, that was one of the best qu- quarterback wide receiver duos in the National Football League. Like Correct. the talent is there on the roster. And what we forget to mention, and I think it kind of goes unsaid because it's not one of the flasher defenses, is they've got a great defense. And it's not just by virtue of the fact that they play six games in what I think is the worst division in football, but it's because they have a great, like Darius Leonard's nothing to sneeze at. They have a solid defensive line. They got a nice wide linebacker core. They have a nice, like the, you want to talk about a team that was a quarterback away. The Indianapolis Colts was a football team. that's a quarterback away. away. Now we have to see what it looks like. Obviously. Do you put them ahead of Tennessee though? Do you put them ahead of Tennessee right now? Yes, because I, they have a quarterback I can trust. I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I just don't. Okay. Like where would you rank them then? Okay, where would you rank them in comparison to the AFC right now? I'm going to get so much. Would you put them? I I have them around fourth or fifth. I think the Indianapolis Colts, based on – okay, so here's the thing. Despite all the moves, I'm very stubborn. And until I see what Denver looks like, until I see what L.A. looks like, the Chargers, like – I'm not really just – I'm not sold I on have him. I have them ahead of the Chargers. I have Denver so if I had to, third. Yeah. So if I had to rank I, who I think – let's say the top five teams in the yeah, AFC are just, as just it stands top today, five. I would still put the Chiefs at number one. I have really? the Bills. I would still put the Chiefs at number one, yes. Because here's the thing, and I was going to say this earlier, I forgot I'm going to say it right now. When it's so much heat for this, but I don't care because I believe it with all my heart. Miko Hardman. It's just another version of Tyreek Hill. Is a, He's a B-plus version. Not even just another. He's a better all-around wide receiver than Tyreek Hill. Like, Tyreek Hill has the speed. But Miko Harmon's a better route runner. Miko Harmon's a better pass catcher. Like, he's not as fast, but he's got some speed to him. So, because of that, I don't think that – and they also have Juju. And despite what I think about Juju personally, and although he hasn't had a – he's had like one or two 100-yard games receiving since A.B. left Pittsburgh. Mahomes' brother and him are going to be tick, doing TikToks for there's that. Here's why I love this thing for Juju. Because as we talked about earlier, who's the number one receiver on Kansas City? It's Travis Kelsey. Juju strived in his career as the number two guy. He's the number two guy again. So do I think Juju's going to be going off for 100 yards a game? No, but I think he'll be more productive this year than he was in any of this la- most recent seasons in Pittsburgh, 100%. So I'm still going to put the Chiefs at one because I think they have the best quarterback and the best coach okay. in the conference. And as long as they have those two guys, it doesn't really matter. That's number one, number two. The defense does give me cause to pause. They do give me cause to pause. But okay. just based on the merit of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid alone, I've got the Chiefs number one. The Bills number two, obviously. Because they have a better defense than, than than Kansas City. I think Sean McDermott's the second best coach in the AFC um, after Andy Reid. You have Stephon Diggs. You have a decent running attack. You have um, an offensive line. They've gotten better. And like I said, the defense. So the Bills are two. The Bengals are three. They were just in the Super Bowl. And the one thing that no one had faith in them to do, they did. They improved the offensive line, which is major. Why? Because J- Joe Burrow last season with a terrible offensive line was the number one ranked quarterback in the NFL with a clean pocket. And you didn't have that many clean pockets. Now you're giving him more clean pockets with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd heading out of the back uh, as your wide receivers. The one thing that I think that they will miss that's not talked about a lot is C.J. Uzama. He was major. Him not being there is going to hurt him, but it won't hurt him that much. And not to mention they have Joe Mixon in the backfield. So that's three. So you got Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. (sighs) Then four and five is where you kind of start splitting hairs. For me, because I like what they have on both sides of the ball, and I think it's going to be a lot more consistent, I have the Colts at number four. Okay. Because of all the things we talked about. Number five. Number five, it gets tough. I think you could put Denver in there. I think you could put the Chargers in there. I'm more inclined, though, because of what I know to be true and what I see is available to me. I'm more inclined, however, to think that either the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens are going to be better football teams this season as far as what it looks like. They might not have a better record, but like records aren't the full thing. Like I think that the well, Baltimore AFC Ravens North the is going to be, is the hardest division. It's going to be a tough division. hundred percent. So this is the thing we forgot about Baltimore. Uh, Lamar was in and out of the lineup due to injury. That's why they didn't make the playoffs. Lamar plays all those games. They make the They're, playoffs. They in. Yeah, like, and even much. with those injuries, they were still in a position to make the playoffs and Lamar probably wouldn't have been able to return the playoffs and whatever happens. Here's my thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Justin makes fun of me for this. And I don't care. 
Mitchell Trubisky is not a bad quarterback. Okay. Although they had one of the worst defenses in the history of their franchise last season, they've added Brian Flores to that defensive coaching staff. And Brian Flores is responsible for the Miami Dolphins defense being what it was when he was there. So the defense I have to expect is going to take a step up because you have Mika Fitzpatrick, you have Devin Bush, you have TJ Watt. That's great. Those are three guys at all three levels that are game changers. The talent at wide receiver isn't flashy. It's not the best, but it's there. You have your Chase Claypool. You have your Deon, uh, your Deontay, Deontay Johnson. Johnson. Um, like that, that's important. And Najee Harris, I think, is going to take a big step this season in the running game. And Mitchell Trubisky is not a bad quarterback. And so because of all that, I would say that that's where I'm looking at right now. Those are my top five teams. But again, like if you put Denver or like L.A. or Las Vegas, I can't get mad at you for that because the talent is there. But my big thing with Denver is, yes, Russ is great. And yes, there's talent. But we forget that defense was amazing last season. But also they lost their defensive minded head coach, Vic Vangio, and their D.C. That defense, I have to I can't just expect that the defense is going to be exactly what it was this season as was last season because they're missing the two guys that were running the defense. And as much as I love Nathaniel Hackett coming from Green Bay, this is still his first season in the NFL as a head coach. And being a head coach is a lot different from being an offensive coordinator. We've seen offensive coordinators that we thought were great come in as head coaches and struggle a bit. Why would I not expect that there's going to be struggles? And the Chargers have gotten better. The Raiders have gotten better. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. The Broncos are still going to have trouble in that division. Like all six of those games that they have with those other three teams could go either way. So as much as I think that the talent is there, I'm just not 100% sold on the Broncos until I see what they look like. Because right now, this is really just, to me, the Seattle Seahawks with a better defense, if we're being honest. Like, there's not that much of a difference between Jerry Judy and Corlin Sutton and Metcalf and Lockett. There's not. The difference between the running game is, I think, a lot is, is larger relative to what it is in the wide receiver room. And then obviously the defense is better. But like the O-line's not that great. Seattle's O-line wasn't that great. Russ doesn't, Russ still doesn't like to use pass in the numbers. And he also doesn't have a guy that he can go to in between the numbers. So, which I thought was huge there. because the fan part of the yeah. trade people sleep on and aren't giving credit for, for that Seattle was able to get him. Yeah. Take him away. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to, all right. You went, so I have Buffalo one. I can't get mad at that. I got I Buffalo one. They're the most complete team in the AFC. And I don't think it's relatively close at the moment in comparison. I'm going to go – I have – how do I want to go here? I'm going to stick with Kansas City at two because, I mean, four straight years of the AFC Championship, you can't – if you can't beat them, you got to show me that you can beat them to, to be the one of the last two teams. All right, then I do have Denver at three because of the – again, I am just going based off of potential here. That's how oh, I oh, look. 100%. That's, that's how yeah, I look that, at teams. That, I that's, that's why I can't – yeah, that's why I can't get mad at it. I, yeah. I'm more of a guy that I got to look at. Like, the NFL is what have you done for me lately? Cincy 4, Cincy 4, Indy 5. Uh, I, I can't get mad at that. I think – I think I, so I got a lot of heat from Justin and also Steezy because I Steezy said – Steezy has no room to talk. His team's going to be I horrible said, for the next – I, like, <laughs> I said very boldly <laughs> that the Denver Broncos aren't Super Bowl contenders because I don't think they are. I, I don't. Be, okay. because the talent is there. But again, let's talk about it, right? The Denver Broncos haven't made the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. That's number one. Number right. two, and most importantly, just because I said they're not a Super Bowl contender doesn't mean I think they'll be a bad team. I think this team can make the playoffs. Matter of fact, I think all four teams in the AFC West can make the playoffs. Like, I don't think all four will make it, though, because all four I don't, of them are going to yeah. beat up each other too much. I don't and think the they, AFC I don't think they, North is yeah. too good, too, so... I don't think they will, but like if there's one division that I would like in all of football that I say, hmm, all four teams have a legitimate shot of making it in, I'd say it's I'd say it's AFC West because like they all have the talent. But here's the thing about the Broncos and also the Chargers. And like the there's only three Super Bowl contenders in the AFC in my mind. It's the Chiefs, because they're always Super Bowl contenders, the Bills, because they have the talent and they keep getting better, and the Bengals, who were just in the Super Bowl this past season. I like, got to see can't... what Bengals can do this offseason because they have not pressed the issue that has been their issue all year long. They have not really committed to fixing that offensive line they like haven't... we thought. Well, I think they're going to fix it some more in the, in the draft, but they have signed some offensive linemen that I think like that. They're I okay. Think they're they're gonna... not like. They're okay. They're, they're, they are okay. But the, the guys that they said. They should have. They should have done that. 
my one my one defense for my one defense for the Cincinnati Bengals though is when you look at the AFC North. Yes. As much as I love Baltimore, as much as I love Pittsburgh, I still have the Bengals winning the division. I do. I do too. And and the reason why, and this is why I think the Cleveland Browns aren't Super Bowl contenders, Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended. Like I, and if he's not suspended, then we've set a really really bad precedent. But Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended for something. I don't see Deshaun Watson playing any games in September. He might miss all of October. That's eight games. That's eight games. He should get so, the whole year, honestly. But I think he should be happen. suspended for the whole year as well. But it's not going to happen because they've never done that. They, they'd rather suspend the guy for betting on football games than. Oh God! Don't even get stuff. me started but, on that. That's another. So 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 here's the thing, and I and I'm a guy, and I do this all the time. I can separate on the field from off the field. On the field, the last time we saw Deshaun Watson, he was a top five quarterback in the NFL, prime. Like he was great. Off the field, nah. <clears throat> don't care for the guy. But we're talking about on the field. On the field, he's great. But he's not going to be available for at least half the season. So those first eight games matter. Because if the Bengals or the Ravens or the Steelers jump out to impressive records over their first eight games, that's which just – Which is what that, Baltimore a, usually does. Baltimore which is always, what they usually do. Baltimore, Baltimore usually starts, starts off in hot. September like we talk about. Because they can't figure out yeah, Lamar in those first two months usually. It takes those first two months for you to get the hang of Lamar, and by then it's almost always too late. So I expect – I'm going to say it right now. We haven't seen the schedule, but we know like who's going to play what team. We just don't know when. Yep. Let's just be honest here. I think Pittsburgh can easily finish the first two months of football at least 500, at least four and four, at least. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got Baltimore going at least, I'd say they'll win six games in the first two months. I'd say the Bengals can win six games in those first two months. So if we're talking about the Cleveland Browns with Jacoby Brissett being the starting quarterback for those first eight games, the talents there, they could be, but like, they could be like two and six. It's very possible that they don't win that many games. And then not to mention what the Chiefs will do, what the Chargers will do. So, like, you talk about being behind the eight ball for your playoff push when Deshaun comes back, if he's not suspended for the whole year, you're really going to be behind the eight ball. That matters. So I have the Bengals winning the AFC North. Like, yeah. I just do. I think – do I think the Ravens can do it? I think the Ravens can beat them. But the thing about the Bengals, though, is what we saw the last Bengals season for the Bengals – are a perfect matchup for they're Baltimore. They're a perfect though. matchup for Baltimore, and that's the issue. I can easily see the Bengals sweeping both matchups this season, which puts Baltimore in a tough spot. Like, I can see that. So I'm going to say the Bengals right now, AFC North, they're going to win it. The Bills yeah. will obviously win the AFC East, of course – Chiefs, AFC West is a toss-up for right now. I'll say the Chiefs win it just, just to put it in there, but like any of those four teams can win that division. AFC South, we all know I actually have the Colts winning the AFC South. I do um, have the Colts as well. So outside of that, like there's only three spots left. I mean, you got to put the Broncos in there somewhere, of course. I think the Tennessee Titans will make it in there. Then you're talking about like your Chargers and all those teams. I say all that to say the talent's there for all of these teams that made quarterback moves. But all the other teams in the conference made quarterback moves, which means as much as you I got wouldn't better, be surprised if the Tennessee other teams got that much better off. as well. I wouldn't I be surprised either. Because yeah. letting go of Julio, I don't think that AJ Brown, I mean, he was hurt, but he's starting to that's now a couple of years consecutively that he's been yeah. out a significant number of games, which is an mm-hmm. alarming for me at the wide receiver position with the man uh, his size too. He's yeah. he's a physical yeah. freak. The big thing, hurt. though, for Tennessee is they brought back Harold Landry. That's huge. Yep, that's big. Their defense has never been a question, Yeah, especially on that front line. Their secondary is suspect, though, too. Suspect 100%. secondary. 100%. Other, other than what they had at safety, I can't think of his 100%. name off the top of my head. but Yeah, it's, he, it's, 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 it's dicey. Is it Byard? Byard. Yeah, that's who it yeah, is. Kevin Byard, yeah. Byard, it, yeah. It's tough back there, but yeah. yeah. All right, let's jump gears because I know we're a little bit pressed for time. Let's talk some NBA real quick. Let's jump to NBA. And I'm a Warriors fan, and I honestly still have us winning the championship. And I'm just – is that more of a sentimental pick? Yes. But with Steph Curry out with the ligament sprain, it doesn't look Mm -hmm. like he's going to play for the rest of the regular season. They think he can be back for the postseason. Are the Warriors done because there's not enough time for them to actually gel together? Are the, Is their championship aspirations gone? No. I, I say this all the time. Steph Curry's the best player on the team, but as far as championship aspirations Draymond go... Draymond Green's the most important player. 
Draymond Green's the most important player. You want to win a championship, Draymond Green needs to be healthy because he's the floor general. Like, Steph's the point guard, but Draymond runs that offense, and most importantly, Draymond runs that defense. That's what matters. I I think Steph will miss the first round, and I don't think that'll be an issue because, what, they're the third seed right now? They'll They'll probably get Denver and Minnesota. They'll get Denver. That's not – the Warriors Warriors can get past – Murray and PJ are not coming back, it looks like. The war- yeah, the Warriors can get past the Nuggets or the Timberwolves without Steph Curry. Like, he can sit that entire series, and they'll be just fine. Depending on how the matchups fall, now you might need him in the second round, and I would say that's probably when I'm shooting at if I'm the Warriors. Let's get him back in the second round. Let's let him relax and control that stuff's good. All right, play Memphis. That's going to be important. So, if Memphis makes it out of the first round. But um, I don't think the Warriors championship aspirations are dashed. I still think we'll get Warriors Phoenix in the Eastern Con- or in the Western Conference Finals. I still think the Warriors will win. I still think the Warriors will once again, the, the way we get back to normalcy in the world is to have the Golden State Warriors win a championship. See, because what happened is the Warriors got hurt and it shifted they the beat balance. To- we, we beat Toronto. Clay Thompson it shifted, doesn't get hurt. It shifted the balance of the world. The only way to get back to normalcy is if the Golden State Warriors are the NBA champions. You, you want you want to get this is my <laughs> propaganda speech now, my conspiracy. You want to get rid of masks and COVID-19 and all that stuff. The Golden State Warriors <laughs> need to be the NBA champions Love at the end it. of the season. And I guarantee you, all this COVID stuff, it'll go away. People stop dying and all this stuff. Yeah, it, it'll happen. I'm telling you, think about it. <laughs> think about it. When did the war what year did the Warriors lose the championship? They lost the championship in the summer of 2019. So the Warriors losing was the whole prospect of what that was COVID. the beginning <laughs> of the end. It was the beginning of the end. <laughs> then what happened was on top of that, right? What, what else happened? Another California team lost in a big game. The 49ers lost in the Super Bowl a couple months after that. So two California teams fell apart. We're not used to that in the world. And the earth was like, something's not right. And it just and now it's transitioned closed. that with the beginning of the end, that it's now LA's town with all the championships. It is. It is. The Dodgers are going to win the World Series this season. The Warriors are going to win the finals and the Rams just won the Super Bowl. So like, we're already on the right track. We're already getting there. We're already getting there with LA winning the Super Bowl. So like, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Whatever the team is in LA that plays hockey, they'll win the Stanley cup. And like every LA team would just be great this season. And the world will go back to normal. That's how it works. I'm telling you it's well, LA it is the gonna, center of the gonna, universe. It's, it ain't going to be the Lakers. It ain't well, going to be the Lakers. Be, it's not going to be the Lakers. That's for sure. Can I just say for a second, I just, oh. I just want to get on my soapbox here. I, I am, LeBron James fan. LeBron James, in my mind, is the greatest player of all time. Let's be oh, serious here. No, don't be serious here. Don't get me started Let's on this. Be serious here for a second. LeBron James is doing something that we've never seen in the history of basketball. He's in year 19. Correct. He's 37 years old. He's leading the league in scoring. He just passed Carl Malone for second all time on the all time scoring list last a couple days ago. And what people don't know. Because it hasn't, it's not as a major compliment. As far as playoffs and regular season together, as far as points scored on a basketball court in the history of the league, no one scored more points than LeBron James. Now, what does that have to do with this season? LeBron James has been playing out of his mind in this backstretch. He has been giving us some vintage LeBron. We've got like a couple, we've got like a, some 50 point games there. We just got a triple double in Cleveland, not too long ago. The Los Angeles Lakers, while I don't think they'll win the NBA Finals, all it takes for the LA Lakers to get their groove back is Russell Westbrook needs to string some games together. And we've been seeing over the past couple of days now, even though they've been losing them, Russell Westbrook has been stringing some good games together. That's important. This kind of leads me into my next question. It's though. important. It's important. Because I know this was one of the topics that we were going to talk about to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that the Lakers have a better chance of getting it going than Brooklyn does? Because that was one of the topics is Brooklyn or the Lakers going to make a push here. And I know th- yesterday the mandate was just lifted, which allows Kyrie to play at yeah. home. Are so you here's saying my thing that on the Brooklyn. Lakers have a better chance now? No, I'm not an idiot. They don't have a better chance. <laughs> they don't have a better chance. Damn it. I really thought I could but, get you on that one. <laughs> no, but this is this is what I will say. What I will say, though, is the East this season is tougher than the West. So oh, probably easily, the, for the first time in a long time. Easily. So and what that means close. is the Lakers 
should they make it into the playoffs and pull off a miracle of knocking off the Suns, then we have a different ball game. Because I don't think the Lakers are in a position. I don't think the Lakers are in a position at this point to try to get the eight, the the, the seventh seed, which would get them. No, they're they're going to be locked yeah. in. To only they're going to be yeah. So they're going to have to pull off that miracle, get their loss back from last season in blood. If they can do that, though, I don't think there's a team in the West outside of Golden State that the Lakers can't beat in a seven-game series. Memphis, Utah. Denver, Dallas, whoever. The only team outside of Phoenix that I think can I think beat, Memphis can beat them. I don't think so. Because I, I love I Memphis think, and I, I love Ja. They I don't have Memphis the experience, and I think that's because, what matters. I think the inexperience actually helps them in this in that retrospect because you they they aren't because they are so young to the point that they're like, what what is there to lose here? Why? Why should we be afraid? I because they play fearless. That's how they play. Yeah. They play. Fearless. They do play fearless. They do play fearless. And they I match. Really, they match up pretty well. They do. The one thing Lakers. I will say though about the Lakers, specifically about LeBron, LeBron James has provided us. We've seen this story before. Like, like we've seen yeah. a dysfunctional basketball team around LeBron James. And he just puts the backpack on and just carries them. True. It's possible. And but I he think hasn't the been difference able to do it every game that so far, he hasn't put it together in like a three to four game stretch that we're accustomed. Well, that's because to it's the regular season. I think that like, that's what I, I think needs, at this point, but at this point he has this, to try and throw it out there because I do a two game lead. And San Antonio is actually winning games. I think the thing I think the thing for the Lakers and LeBron specifically, I think LeBron's playing the long game here. I don't think the Lakers are going to win the championship. No. But I think LeBron recognizes that there needs to be moments on this backstretch of the regular season where they win some games to keep that distance. Once they do that and get into the playoffs, oh, we know LeBron can string some games together in the playoffs. LeBron just wants to make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And what's very, very important, and I think what's lost in all of this and what really, really matters is if the Lakers and the Timberwolves match up at somehow in the play-in, the Lakers are going to the playoffs. Yeah. You, based on the last time we saw those two football basketball teams on a basketball court together, everything With that Minnesota Pat Bev and Kat everything did. that Pat Bev and Kat Carl Anthony Towns did, LeBron's gonna get it back in blood in that play-in game, and they're going to the playoffs. And then, then like I said. LeBron is one of, if not the greatest playoff performers, and he just we've needs ever to seen. put four games together. It All he to needs be, is, is four. All he needs is four. And not seven, just four. Sometimes he might need five because he can do all he can and they still lose the game. So sometimes I need five. But if there's anybody I think in the NBA today that I have more, that I have confidence in to give me four games in a row or just four games in a seven game series of straight just locked in, it's LeBron James because he's done it. He's done. So all it really takes is LeBron to get in there. He's going to have to play the series of his life against Phoenix. If they can get that one, if they can get that win back and upset the Phoenix Suns, who just locked up the, the first seed last night, the Lakers could go on a run. Because then when we, like, we're talking about, I think they match up well. But again, we've seen inexperienced teams that match up well against LeBron James-led teams. And we see what it looks, what, what that ends I up I think to. Phoenix look will no beat further them than five. Look, oh, I think, the, I think the Suns will beat the Lakers too. I'm not yeah. predicting the Suns. I'm not predicting the Lakers to beat the Suns in the playoffs. I'm just saying... If they can get it's, by, if, it, if they can, if they can figure out a way to get by, and if they do, it'll probably be in seven. It'll have to be in seven. It I don't see that. Seven. It'll be it'll actually. Be in seven. I think it'll be in six. It could six. be in six. It could be in six. Ha- but I'm I, saying, I, I don't the Lakers, think they can be. I don't think they'll be able to beat Phoenix in Phoenix with a game on the line. That, that that's fair. That's fair. I, I I'm just if if if, 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 if geez, if I'm talking about a situation where the Lakers are going to beat the Suns, I'm going to say it's going to happen in seven. Okay, happen in seven games, and then. LeBron James, the world is your oyster, my guy. Go get that fifth <laughs> ring. And I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say if they can do it, we're talking a very strong possibility the Lakers make it back to the finals. But it's only if they can make it past the Suns. If they can't make it past the Suns, obviously they don't have it. But if they can make it past the Suns, they got it. Because the only other team outside of that that can beat them are the Warriors. And even though I think Steph would be back in the second round, what if Steph's not back in the second round? 
then what? Like, so then all these other things start and, playing. Around, and so that's, yeah. See, that's my fear with the Warriors, right? Because you know when Steph gets a foot injury, it's always longer than what they originally think because yeah. of how often he hurt himself earlier in his career with his ankles, yeah. his foot. It was mm-hmm. it's always a longer recovery period for him than what they usually think. So I think second round is probably a more realistic option, like what you're saying. I don't think he's going to be mm-hmm. ready to be able to play game one in the first mm-hmm. round. Yeah. But let's go to the East now, because I know we I kind of cut you off with your, no, you're fine. what you're going to say with about Brooklyn. Because I think in the East, there is an argument, other than Cleveland or Toronto, that any of those six teams can represent the Eastern Conference. Based Either off of the standings them. right now. You can make the argument for, for, for Chicago, for Miami, yeah. for Milwaukee, for Boston, and for Brooklyn. And who's who am I missing? I'm missing one. Cleveland. No, I said Cleveland and Toronto. I th- oh, you did say Cleveland. Okay. So Here's I think my thing. six. There's those, only six out of the eight teams could make an, a legit. In my mind, there's only two. In Philadelphia, sorry, the Sixers. There's only two possibilities. There's only two possibilities in the East. It's either Philly or it's Miami. That's really? It. It's only Philly and it's Miami. And I'll go both ways. Miami's the most complete team in basketball. There's not a team that runs deeper, that plays better defense, or is more better constructed and more well-coached, I think, than the Miami. I think That's the spat one. actually helps them, what they did the other night. That's true. It does. Because number they – yeah, because they're they're all – Yeah. Th- number two, uh, it's the Philadelphia 76ers. Because there's not an answer for – Joel Embiid in basketball. There's not an answer for that pick and roll in basketball. The only, I said this not too long ago on someone else's show, the only team in the East that I'm going to give respect to as it pertains to knocking off the Philadelphia 76ers is the Milwaukee Bucks. That's because they're defending champions and they're owed that. Outside of that, the 76ers can beat the Heat. They can beat the Bulls. They can beat Brooklyn. They can beat Cleveland. They can beat Boston. All of those teams, I think, no matter how many games it takes, the 76ers can get the job done. The only team I'm going to give respect to is the Milwaukee Bucks. Because of Giannis. Because of Giannis and because they are the reigning champions. And I'm not going to write off the reigning champions like that, even though I'm not all that sold on the Bucks. All right, that's fair. I think now that I think you're going to start to see something now at the top that you're going to see teams at the top starting to rest players yeah. because you, I mean the 76 are the 76 are already doing it because they don't want they don't want Brooklyn in that first round oh they don't no team they wants don't. to see them now after what happened yesterday with the mandate being released of so, course not Ky- can we now- just real oh, quick ahead. there's something I just got a package dropped off can I go open my door and get it it's like a big yeah. package I'm sorry yeah you're good okay. I'll, I will give my spiel so I think it's really intriguing here to really find out what we're going to be trying to unfold with how everything's going to look now in Brooklyn, Miami. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're going to actually throw in the towel a little bit and try to, uh, because they have a game to a game and a half lead over Boston, Philadelphia, as well as who am I thinking off the top of my head, Boston, Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Sorry. So you have those three teams that are, those four teams are all within two games of each other for that top spot. And I, yeah. what you're going to see now is more or less teams resting players because they know Brooklyn's going to get hot. And I think they've Brooklyn's kind of realized that they're stuck in that eight spot and they're going to have to play Toronto in that first game. Yeah. And they know Kyrie was not going to be available. No. So Kyrie won't be available for that seven, eight matchup, which kind of you put them on the line that they have to beat either – I think it's Charlotte or Atlanta right now for yeah. that eighth game. And you put the, you're going to highly predict that they're going to win that. Of course. Which puts them at the one seed. So don't, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of gamesmanship here of how teams are going to be set up for these last six to eight games. It's possible. I mean, it's very much possible. I, I love it. <laughs> the East is going to be great. There's like, I love, I think the, you're right. I do. Well, every any I know team everyone's going to say it. that they're not scared yeah. of Brooklyn, but you're yeah. like, any team you're like, in the East I, can. Well, do. I put everything into the Eastern Conference to be yeah. the top dog, and I got to play yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, the 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 East can any team in the East can do it. But if I'm just being realistic, for me, it's only the Heat or the 76ers. 
only because I don't think Brooklyn has the balance. Because yeah. when Ben Simmons doesn't have the ball in his hands, how is who is he threatening offensively? Nobody. He's not a three-point threat. He's not a shooting threat at all. So, like, that's where it comes as far as Kyrie being able to play is going to be great, obviously. And it might not be that much of an issue with Big Simmons. They're going to probably mask him on offense a lot if it's ball, the ball's in his hands. I just don't know. That's my thing is offensively, Brooklyn will be playing four on five, maybe even three on five, really. I don't think Ben's going to actually be able to play. I don't think he, he'll play either, but if he is that there, though, that's what I'm thinking. A, if it's actually what they're saying it is now with a herniated disc, that is something that takes way too much time to actually yep. recover from. And sometimes you actually have to remove the disc entirely if it gets too severe. So, Yeah, I don't think he'll play either, but just if he does, the mm. balance will be off offensively. Absolutely. All right, Margus, I want to appreciate you for coming on the show. Give your podcast a shout out. Where are we going to be able to catch your content so I can tell my people to go subscribe and follow you now? Yeah, uh, go talk with Marcus. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at GTP Marcus um, on YouTube and also on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. I, just, I do that all the time. And iHeartRadio. Um, I'm still on a break for a bit longer, uh, but I'll be, I'll be back soon. I'll be back soon. Um, but yeah. it's season two, right? Season two is coming. It is out. season two. Yeah, it's season two. Yeah, season we'll be back. We'll be starting season two, which is it's a long time coming. So I'm just happy that we're here. All right, my man. I want to appreciate you coming on. I would love to have you on again if you're ever interested to come back on the show. I know this yep. was something that has always been a little bit in the works for some time now, and I greatly appreciate yep. it, my friend. I appreciate you for having me on, man. All right, everybody. Enjoy your weekends and stay tuned for more Final Whistle Sports Podcast because we have something in the works. And it is National Peacock Day, which means St. <sighs> Peter's Place tonight. And we may have somebody coming in next week who is a member of the Peacocks Athletics. Have a good one.